mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? We're going to be in the book of Job, or Job, as we like to call it. I'm going to talk about uh, suffering and the absence of accepting sufferings in, in our world today and in, in the church. Father, I just uh, I thank you that you are so good to us and we want to have our eyes upon you. We want to learn from you. and Lord, I thank you that through your word you can use just simple guys just to teach your word and ultimately it's you that teaches just if we read your word alone, Lord, that alone is the blessing. And I just want to thank you for the book of Job this morning and pray that you would just give my heart a peace as I bring across the message that I feel like you've given us. Let's pour your Holy Spirit out here. And I thank you for your love for us and that you suffered. You gave us an example. You beat death by death. And then you rose victorious. Oh, what an awesome thing. It's totally backwards from, from the way we see things. And I just asked you, Lord, to, to help us to see this morning that suffering is useful. And if not, you would have totally wiped it out of the way. I just ask that you would work in my heart and in people's hearts and that we would truly hear from you this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I give thanks, Father. Amen. The book of Job. I'm going to teach a couple chapters early in Job and then go to the last chapter and just give a little talk on suffering. I think today our Christian church is where the rest of the world sees a lot of suffering. You might actually give your life if you're a Christian elsewhere in the world. If you come out that, yes, I have, I have converted to Christianity, you very well might be put on a cross. And it's, it's interesting that we here, if here they might call you Bible boy or tease you a little. Or, but uh, I believe it's coming here. We're not exempt. And I, I'm a pre-trib rapture believer. I believe that before the tribulation starts, the Lord's going to come and get us. But he, it could get really bad before that happens. He never said that we wouldn't see trouble. He just said we will not see his wrath poured out on mankind. When his wrath comes, he's going to get the kids out of the way because it's going to be something else. And oh, I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to escape that. Now, here we are in the book of Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. 
Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. The, the first thing that I see here is that Job, God himself, as, as, as the author of this book, said he was a blameless man, an upright one, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Now, even in the Old Testament, to be blameless and to be righteous was, was the same as it is now, by faith that God is giving you the gift, that he is the one who is rescuing you. They looked forward to the Messiah. We look back at the risen cross of Christ, or the risen Christ from the cross, but it was the same way. Job wasn't righteous because he was perfect. He was righteous because his trust was in God. He was a blameless man because he had looked and was learning from his God. And he feared God and he shunned evil. In Psalms, or, or Proverbs 6, this is a newer Bible, I'm, I have a hard time in this one, my old one, I could go right to something. Now I'm getting blinder, and uh, I have to have a large print. In Psalm 6, 16, as follows, it says, these things, six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, and a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Job's feet were not quick to run to evil, and I I believe the Lord wants us to, to think on things before we make decisions. Even today with all the stuff going on in the world, I could uh, sin real easily by getting very angry over the mandates and the masks and all this stuff. If I'm not careful, I will sin and run to an evil thing by, doing the wrong, by acting out wrong and non, like non-Christian would in dealing with this. And it's, it seems that even though the Lord didn't it wasn't his plan. He signed off that this is okay. And that his people should be looking at him. We have to know. Because if we're angry, it's going to be very hard for us to minister to people. And it's very easy for all these things to, to tick us off. But God has another plan. He's getting ready to come and rescue us. And that doesn't mean we ain't going to suffer. But then uh, we see he, he shunned evil. And he was very rich. He was a very, very rich man, the richest of the East. And then his sons and his daughters, he knew that they weren't living uprightly. 
that they were doing things that he probably thought, well, they might be rejecting God. But he didn't go and preach to them. He didn't go and, and it, it doesn't say that he went and said, you know better than that. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. No, he sanctified them. He trusted that he had already taught them well. And so he was trusting God with dealing with these children. I think that's interesting because we always want to tell people, you know, that's wrong. Stop doing that. Hey, this and that. People, we know wrong from right. If we lovingly deal with people, especially our older kids, and we show them we're there for them, no matter what they're going through, we don't approve of these things, but we will be there for you, and we know our God is He's able to get your heart. That is so much more winsome to our children. And I, I know he's changing me in that, in that area. Because I can definitely go, oh, I have to go rescue. And I have to go tell him, that's wrong. What are you doing? And the Lord's like, my, he uses my wife. No, no, no. Be still. Let, let the Lord deal with this. Because he's big enough. And he cares for them way more than we do. He's able to rescue them. It goes on in verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. First thing I see in this is the sons of God came and they presented themselves before the Lord and Satan come amongst them. He's no longer considered one of the sons of God anymore. He has rejected the Lord and he's doing his own thing. This story in Job is interesting. This guy goes through so much, and, and I know it's a true story. It's history. It's not just a story in the Bible. This is history. But it's a picture of our life, too, that you're going to go through a lot in your life. There's going to be times in your life when it is just like, this is, I can't do this. I can't make it. But what's James say about, about Job? James tells us, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end that the Lord had intended for him. Think about it. And it. Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than is to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to his reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. And you know, when times get bad for us, guys, the things that we have learned and that we have been assured of in the word, it is going to be what holds us. Whether, you know, all this stuff goes really ill or whether we get old and it, and it comes that time. Life brings you to that moment, whether it's this is the moment you were born for, it's going to get dark. Or whether you just get old and it comes that time and he will be our guide even unto death. But I, I see here that Satan come amongst them and the Lord asked him where he'd been and what he's doing and then the Lord, I'm like, 
if, if this happens again and, and, and the Lord's like, have you considered Jamie? I'm on the other side going, no, no. But it is the test of our life. We will be tested whether our faith is real or not. And, and who needs to know that their faith is real? We do. Yes. Yes, we do. If other people, I mean, it's great that other people know that your faith is real, but they, other people can doubt you, but you need to know that you know that you know that you know him and that your faith is wealth. We are so wealthy, guys. We have inherited God, and the down payment is the Holy Spirit that he's given us. We have absolutely inherited God. Why? Why would he choose us? But he has, and how do I know? Because we chose him back. That's how we know we're his. But he said, the Lord said to Satan, have you, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? If you, if you think about it, this book is dealing a lot with suffering. This may even have a, a kind of a picture of Jesus, you know, of the, the suffering servant that came and suffered for us all. And in uh, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, it says that we have as an example the Old Testament saints. They're examples to us that they went through stuff, but God brought them through. He, he had a reason for these things. Have you considered my servant Job, one who a blameless man, upright, one who fears God and shuns evil? Oh, I want the Lord to say that about me. But the only way is for me to walk that out, right? And, and he's building that in us. To fear him above man, because the fear of man brings a snare. And to shun evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. It's interesting here because Satan, is a, he's the accuser of the brethren, right? Right here, he's accusing God of paying off Job. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's accusing our father of paying off Job. Oh, the only reason that he's serves you and fears you is because you've protected him and you've given him all this stuff. When I look at the, the scriptures and, and through the whole of scriptures, the Lord allows suffering. And the wise person doesn't only invest in God in this life, they realize the investment is in the, ne the biggest part of our investment that we get is in the next life, in the resurrection. This is the down payment that we've been given, the Spirit. When we see him, we shall be like him, First John says. 
And to have someone to be like him, to conform us in, we won't be God, we'll be his children, but to conform us into that image, we have to choose to love him through the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. The same event happens to all of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. One person will say, I will not serve God. Look what he has done. My 89-year-old grandma suffered and died. And another person will say, that's the exact reason I'm serving him. Because we die. And there's suffering. And I need, I need the God of all creation to walk me through this. I cannot do this on my own. One will hate God because they, he won't do it their way. And for the same event, another will serve him because we see him for what he is. A sovereign and good God. Who loves folks like me. I mean I didn't even have love for myself. But he called me out. And showed me life. Satan accuses him. Trying to make God look look like he's. Because he has so much that he can pay us off. Think about it if you was very rich. It would be hard to know who your friends were wouldn't it? Be like I can't tell who my friends are. Everyone wants something from me. Look how rich God is. He'll know who his friends are. Those who, those who faithfully follow him through the suffering of this life are willing. Look at the apostles. They believed what they believed. They were willingly. Some of them were, one of them's head was chopped off. Peter, they say, was hung upside down on a cross. Isaiah in the Old Testament was sawed in two, they say. But here, here's the thing. Because they believed what they believed. They believed in the resurrection and they believed in the reward. We are the richest people in the world. The one who said, let there be light is my friend. I don't always act like that, but I want to act more like that every day to practice. Also in 1 John it says, he who practices righteousness is righteous because he is righteous. The Lord, verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when the sons and daughters were eating, drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding Beside them, when the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. 
And suddenly a great wind came and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Amen. I want some of that. It reminds me of one of the other verses. This is, this is it's hard to remind you of anything, but when Jacob was dying, he leaned on his staff and worshipped and blessed the sons of Joseph. God signed off on this. He said, okay, go ahead, attack, attack my servant. I'll let you test my servant. You talk about a bad day. Have you ever had a bad day? This, while he was still speaking, while he was still speaking. And, and folks, this is history. This isn't just a story. This happened. This man stood there in pain as everything that he ever had was stripped from him. Think about it today. While they were still speaking, they looked at your Facebook thing and said, oh, he made a statement. And he said something bad. Let's cancel him. Let's take everything that he's ever worked for. Let's crush this man. God has signed off. Okay. Okay. My servant won't curse me to my face. My servant trusts wholly in me. He knows that I'm a good God. This man lost everything. But yet he still had his God. Who, who, in the end, gives it all back, if you know the end of this story. Think about the end God has intended for us. He hasn't just, you remember when you were young, I wish I'd never been born. I didn't choose to be born. Job says that. He actually gets frustrated. It's not sin that he says that. It's pain. He's in pain. He's really suffering. This is some hard stuff. Throughout history, many men, godly men, have been tormented, have been, had their stuff taken, have had their homes burned down, have had their loved ones executed. You think our God wasn't watching and thinking, oh, one, one day these people will be repaid to their face. They will be repaid for the wrong they have done. And my servant, he will have his reward in his own body. He will stand up from the grave and I will lead him to his reward. Just me and my wife on the way here, I looked up a verse in uh, Psalms chapter 12 verse. I'm going to read it because I won't do it any justice. It's been one when our daughter tried to take her life because she was young and went through some stuff. The Lord, I was hurting and my wife was hurting and the Lord gave me this verse because we need it in this life. It's, we're going to hurt in this life, aren't we? 
he gave me this verse, and I just flat love it. It's a comfort. For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. This body we live in, man, it it can go through a lot. This life is wild, isn't it? But one day, our God will arise and set us in the safety for which we have yearned. Back over here in Job. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Not again. Oh my gosh. There, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited him, or although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Do you get that? You incited me against him. Because he couldn't do nothing to Job without God's approval. And the Bible says in, in this book, I think it's uh, 12, 14, or somewhere in chapter 12 of Job, it says, The deceived and the deceiver are God's. They're tools in his hand. The same event happens to us all. One will harden himself against God for the same event, and one will say, no, I'm serving him because he's powerful, and he's good, and he's loving. You incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Does that sound like a snake or what? Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has He will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. That's interesting, isn't it? Satan took all of his kids and everything, and he said, I'm going to leave his wife. (laughs) That's a joke. That's a joke. He left his wife because God was protecting the family. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Man, did we sign up and say, "Uh, yeah, come into my heart, Lord, for all the good things. I want all the good things of the Bible. But the the other, I, I didn't sign on for that. Well, guess what? There is... People today who are worshiping God just for all the goodies. That's all they want. The health, the the prosperity. That's a false gospel. That's going to harm you and others. If you only love him when things are going well. 
we pray for them, pray that people will come out of that, will see that that is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone that desires to live godly in this present age will suffer persecution. What's the Bible also tell us? Uh, that he'll give you help for that evil day when it comes. Not if it comes. Whether, the, whether all this bad stuff goes on while we're here or we get old and die, the bad day still comes. The evil day still comes on us. And our God will be with us. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. Though your mother and your father desert you, the Lord will not desert you. You can be confident in that. He tried to use his wife against him. The enemy enticed her. But Job still was wise in his pain and in his suffering. And he's not a perfect man. He's not a perfect man. He's a blameless man. Just like us, we're not perfect. We're blameless because of of the cross of Jesus Christ. And here's my thought. If somebody stands up and pretends to be perfect, prim and proper, and they have no struggles in this life, they might be teaching another gospel. They might be a phony. Because this is a hard life, and we do have flesh that we deal with. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Hopefully that was from the Lord. Well, we have a lot of people who smile perfectly. They never seem to have a struggle. They stand in the pulpit. They wear the perfect suit. But I have to wonder, where is your vulnerable, vulnerability before the flock that you are a man like them, that, you're not, that you go through the same struggles that they go through, and you still have joy even though you're going through stuff? We need that. People need to see that. <laughs> In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Verse 11. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Eliphaz the Temanite, Beladad the Shulamite, Zophor the Naamite, for they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. That reminded me of Jesus too, that he he was unrecognizable in his suffering. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head and toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. If they would have kept this up, these would have been some awesome friends to mourn with, but they didn't. They started accusing him of stuff. As you go through the rest of Job, they say stuff like, you know, your kids are dead because you're a sinner, Job. It's your fault that God allowed your children to die. They, they became miserable counselors. I don't want to be like that, but sometimes my busybody mind can make me go, eh, maybe it's this in your life, and I want, want to fix everything. Sometimes we just need to be still, like these men did. Sometimes being the comforter means you're just quiet. You just are there. And you care about them. 
I need more of that because I, I'm, I'm so hyper. Who knows? I might try to give you a scripture. Let me give you another scripture. Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. I've got this. I'll help them. And it's not always what we need. We need someone with the gift of mercy. I'm going to go to uh, two more places before I end. And one of them is Job 41, I think is the end of the book. It's 41 or 42. It's 42. I'm going to go to Job 42. But before that, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Because we suffer in this life, don't we? And it might be a little here and a little there, and you might, you know, go through a trial and then go a while and you're fine, and then you come to another one. But here in Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, blessed be the verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort. Those who are in any trouble. Now, when he says tribulation, he's not talking about the great tribulation because we all go through tribulations. The great tribulation is the wrath to come on the whole world, not on his saints. He removes us. Those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation or counseling also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, Think of the book we're in. If we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation or counseling and salvation. And salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that you, as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will be partakers of the consolation. Now in the book of Job... After he goes through this whole stuff in his life, the very last chapter, after God has spoke to him and comforted him and brought him through this and, and said, who are you that darkens counsel with me? You know, God says, who are you, Job? Because Job complained in the midst of his stuff. Then in chapter 42, he says, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, and, and I arbor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Do you see how awesome this is? He now can see God through his troubles that he's went through. Uh, remember the verse I quoted earlier about Moses? He endured as seeing him who is invisible. And that's by faith. He endured by seeing him who is invisible. And verse 7, And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Tiamite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves, this is interesting too, because God didn't say, you didn't speak what is right of me, so be banished, did he? He's a merciful God, even to us. For you have not spoken of me what is right, 
as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take for yourself seven bulls, seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Beldad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Think about this. They could have come and Job could have said, I don't think so. I went through all this stuff and you fools... You came and told me that it was my fault my kids died. You dogged me. But, but he had God's heart. Job actually had God's heart in this. And, and was merciful as God is. He was forgiving as God is. And he loved those miserable counselors. If he hadn't, God wouldn't have restored him. Think about that, guys. When people in our lives have been miserable counselors to us, we are quick to cut them out of our lives. The Lord doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to, to love each other. To not look at someone when they've given us bad counsel and, and hold a grudge and be bitter, which eats away. It's like putting acid on your own foot and watching it eat at it. I'll get him, won't I? <laughs> I put acid on my foot. It's like, dude, that's your own foot. So he said, For the Lord had accepted Job, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before, than all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Notice it says that the Lord had brought upon him. Even though Satan was enticed God against him, the Lord allowed this. And he had a purpose in it. One gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the later days of Job more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 16,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons, three daughters, and he called the name of the first Jemimah, the name of the second Kezah, and the name of the third Karen Kehapak. I'm not good at reading the names. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Think about this right now, all the stuff that, that the world we're going through, the things that we're going to see, Job was able to probably comfort people so much more. He would remember at one point he said, I used to sit at the gate and when people would come in, I would give them counsel. And now these young men are coming and treating me like a dog. But now after going through so much, his counsel is going to be so much sweeter to other people than what it was before. 
So the Lord has a plan in allowing hardship in our life. If we will seek Him when we're going through the hardships of life and let Him counsel us and comfort us, it will be for someone else's comfort and for their salvation. We're going to see stuff in our world. We ain't seen nothing yet, guys. Before the Lord comes, it could get really bad. And, and we need to be ready to pray for the wicked, for those around us. That I know at one point, uh, the psalm says, uh, break their teeth in. Crush their teeth out, Lord. Well, he will after they're dead. But until they're dead, there's still a chance for them to repent. Love your enemies. Didn't the Lord tell us that? Do good to those who treat you bad. It's so easy for me to, go, to, when someone says, would you put a mask on before you come in here? For me to go back like a temper tantrum, like a little kid, get a mask and put it on angrily and come back to their house and vacuum like, I'm vacuuming your house. Oh, about knock something over. That's not what the Lord wants out of me. He wants me to be submissive with power like he did. He, his meekness, he still had power, all the power in the universe, but there was a purpose in what he was suffering for. And there's a purpose that he has in all that's going on right now in our world. And he is going to bring it about to save many alive. I'm not saying there's going to be a huge revival. But there's people that are going to get saved and it may be the last Gentile and then the trumpet will sound and we will go home. Father, I thank you for giving me a chance to speak in the pulpit this morning. And I just pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts for the dark days to come and that we would shine brighter and brighter until that perfect day. And I know that you have ordained one just like the other. You have said okay to the good day and okay to the bad day. And all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are the called according to his purpose. So let us shine, Lord. Pour your Holy Spirit out on us as we go about our week and give us peace. And I thank you for Greg and Lana, and I pray you would rejuvenate them as they're away and that they would have peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear?